0: Are you ready to get steamy listeners? Um, yeah, I mean steamy. And if this is your first time getting steamy with us, I'm talking about science, technology, engineering, art, and math, that kind of steamy. It's time for another STEAM Celebration listeners. And I have another amazing children's book author with me today. So stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the iHeartSTEAM podcast with your host, Bonnie Kirkley. Bonnie has been working in the STEAM education profession for the past 12 years. Her mission is to share her story with educators like you that love STEM, STEAM, and project-based learning. Currently, she works with a team of educators creating the ultimate STEAM certified school. Let her share the good, the bad, and the joyful with you in her STEAM journey. Learn everything you will ever need to know about STEM and STEAM education right here. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Kirkley.
0: Okay, listeners back to my summer celebration series. We are celebrating things, all things STEM, STEAM this summer, anything that we need to know about that you can just give a good shout out Wow, for. And today I have children's book author with me, Javier Garay, And I'm super excited to introduce him to you because I have to say that I believe this is one of my favorite books so far. I say that every time, but what I love about Javier's books, they're geared towards like kindergarten through third grade, which I just love those babies. I love them so much. And most of the authors that I've had on are writing short chapter books. So I'm super excited to have a book geared toward the younger ones. So Javier, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. I'm really, really excited to be here too. So thanks for having me.
0: Perfect. Now, I've been reading um, up on you, and I've got both of your books right here in my hands. Okay. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. How, you know, aside from becoming a children's book author, we love personal tidbits. But maybe lead into telling us how you did become a children's book author, because guys, this backstory is amazing.
1: Uh yeah, I would love to. So I am a dad of three. I have a uh, an eight year old, a nine year old, and an eleven year old. And uh, for the past few years, I've been staying home with them and uh, bringing them to school, picking them up, bringing them to to sporting events, coaching all of their sports teams. There was one point when I was coaching, I think, seven different teams uh, during the same season amongst the three kids. So uh, now wow. I'm keeping busy, keep, keeping very busy with them, but. Um, what got me, what got me started into writing, I spent, I spent my first 12, 13 years of my career working on, on wall street and it was great. I I learned a ton, but I knew that I knew that I wanted to work for myself, start my own business. I just didn't really know what it was until one day it, it hit me. And, uh, I decided that the thing that I loved more than anything else was working with kids. Um, Ever since I I was young in in high school, college, business school, loved working with kids. I think I, I have this great ability to relate to them, make them feel comfortable. So when I left my job on, on wall street, uh, I decided to start my own business. The business was called Engineering for Kids. We taught after-school programs and summer camps for 4- four to 14-year-olds, teaching them everything uh, STEM-related. Uh, we taught them how to make bottle rockets, race cars, video games, programming their own robots. You name it, we, we did it. And uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately for for us, uh, a few years into that venture, my wife got asked to take a job in Norway, in, in Oslo, for wow. her work. Um, it seemed like a great opportunity for the family. So we picked up and we moved there for, for two years in 2015. While I was there, I, I ended up selling my business because it became a little difficult to manage. But that's when, my, that's when I, I sort of knew that my passion was working with kids and trying to reach as many kids as possible. What I learned uh, doing the engineering for kids was that I felt that there was a gap in the market for early STEM and STEAM education. Um, there was a lot of stuff out there, like you said in, in your intro, uh, uh, chapter books for middle schoolers or, or resources for high school kids. But I kept seeing this this huge appetite from parents of younger kids, sort of four, five, six, seven. And uh, those camps and those classes that we held were, were filling up and, and, and selling out uh, quicker than anything else. So when I was in Norway I thought to myself what can I do in order to stay in, in the stem or the steam space but also try to reach more kids than the ones that I was just possibly reaching and it was my then 7 year old he's 11 now who said hey dad why don't you why don't you think about writing books and that's kind of what got me into it
0: That's awesome and, and you're speaking to my soul because I'm <laughs> trying so hard I'm on a mission to get our kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and third grade teachers to understand that they are a STEM or a STEAM teacher. And it is so easy to not change their day, but just to tweak a little bit of what they're doing and let STEAM come into the room. But I, what they I, need I, is that good foundation, and that's the time to build it.
1: completely that's agree. It. And and you know what? And the, the one thing, that, the one thing that I try to do with my books, even though there there are only two two books right now, but there there are more coming. But what I try to do with the books, um, and what I learned from speaking to teachers as I was writing it, is that they do want and need a simple way to be able to incorporate it into their day. That's 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 one of the most challenging things for right. them, and so. With with the book, you can you can incorporate the the reading. The, um, there, there's a there's a math, uh, a, a science, an engineering component in the books. There's an activity at the end of the book that they can do. That that um, you know maybe sometimes qualifies it as the arts as well. So just with, just with one book, I, I've had teachers tell me that they've made uh, a whole day full of, of lessons around it. They, they've sp- yeah. spread, it, spread it out across a week and done something different with the book every day of the week. So it's, it's been great to do that. And uh, I've seen create, uh, teachers do some very creative things with it. So I, um, I couldn't be more excited about how it's being used in the classroom.
0: And I think that you found the golden ticket because I do teach a course for teachers trying to get into STEM for K- K-5. And this is the avenue that I tell them that makes it all possible. Literature. One book just eludes activities and connections and things that you can do. So I'm super excited about that. We are going to get to your books because I just, I love them. <laughs> I just totally love them. But I have to know, so you left Wall Street.
1: And yes. I think I told
0: you I, every year I teach um, a group of gifted students with the stock market game, fifth graders. And, I'm going to get you to come and talk to them live because they need to talk to, to someone with some experience. But this, they just have a ball. But do you know what is so hard for them? And you would not believe it. Spend, Tell they me. get, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the stock market game. No, uh, you know um, I,
1: I I'm not, but I will look it up. But I used to when I when I first started my first job uh, out of out of college at Merrill Lynch, I volunteered and did a program in New York City public schools called Investing Pays Off, and we we did uh, we did a similar thing, uh, I believe, teaching kids about investing in the stock market and how it works. But what what is it that you find that gets them or they can't wrap their head around?
0: Okay, it? so this is it. So it's uh it's a national game, but every state sort of supports it in their own way. And in Georgia, the Georgia Economics Council supports schools that want to use it that are Title I schools. So we use it. Most of the time, the people, the teachers that play are in high school and middle school, but I have fifth graders playing. So this is what kills them. They get 100K money and it's, you know, it's not real money, but they get to spend it on real-time stock market value prices, that yep. kind of thing. So it's incorporated into whatever is happening in the market right now. It is legitimately the hardest thing for them to spend a hundred thousand dollars. So like mm. my first assignment is always, I need you to spend 20 grand today because they're like, okay, and so they'll go like I'm gonna buy 10 of these. I'm like, okay, you need to do the math. And so we do so much of that fifth grade math where they're just doing multiplication and division and that kind of thing. And they're like, oh, if I only buy 10, I'm only spending 500. Oh, my gosh. And they start really understanding that abstract concept of what 10 grand is, and it it blows their mind. That's awesome. Yeah, I've just I've I've loved that avenue and that angle on it because kids are like, I can spend money, I can spend money, I can spend like but they don't really understand.
1: So how long? How, how long? Man. What's the uh, what's what's the time frame that they that that you do this? So how long? How long do they do it? Is they, it for a week? Is it for a month?
0: Oh no no, they run it from September to December, and so like this year we got to experience that crazy day. I think it yes. was like a Thursday or Friday. You could not even like make a a, a trade yeah, because yeah. it was going crazy.
1: Yep. That is awesome, okay. you know what it, it, over that time period, so one i, I don't know if I'm, I'm I'm assuming this is included in the course, but if they if if they have a hard time imagining or or with the concept of spending a hundred thousand uh quote dollars um mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a great way to teach them the concept of dollar cost averaging yeah so. So it's sort of spending a little bit, you you know, you don't want to, you don't want to put if If somebody dumps a hundred thousand dollars on you, you don't want to throw it all into the market at the same time. You can over time do it and then you can sort of dollar cost average in. And that's, uh, it's a really, it's a really cool concept that kids don't get um, because they just want to go in.
0: I guess I'm sort of like their coach, but I can't really like say, oh, you should buy Procter & Gamble because it's doing really good. But what I do is, when we meet, we meet once a week. I that that's my goal. Like today, I need you to spend this, and if you and check what you spent, and if you think that you need to get rid of something, get rid of it. And so it really takes that whole three month period to actually spend. And I have kids that never spend the whole amount. Mm-hmm. So, but this year was a successful year. I had some students. We for the last three years, I'm the reigning district champ. Our team always. Congratulations. Yes.
1: Congratulations. Yes. But,
0: um, I always had this year I had a, a group that made, I think they made about 60 grand in revenue, so a profit. So we're proud of that. Super proud.
1: Awesome. So anyway, I love it. I love it. I will look it up. I will look it up.
0: It's an it's an amazing little game to play. Um and cool. you might like doing it with your children too. So. Yeah. We'll get off of that and we'll get back <laughs> to the STEM stuff. But I still think that that's really, you know, STEM-y, to be quite honest with you. It really, it, I mean, graphs, it, it really is. I mean, it really is. Yep.
1: you're, you're charting, you're, you're you're doing math. You're, yeah, I, I agree. There's a, there's a huge uh, STEM uh, component to uh, to Wall Street and, and finance, and uh, you just you just got to find the right angle to introduce it to the kids and make it relatable to them.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you one more little thing. My favorite thing is trying to get them to understand how something that happens affects prices, and start you know like for instance a new iPhone coming out, and then they see the Apple stock like go way up, and so there it's really interesting. So and that's science, you know, because you're making an analysis here. So it's really cool. Yep, love it. All right, well let's let's. So you left Wall Street, you started the camps. And then you moved to Norway for a couple of years. That sold yep. your business and you started doing um, writing the books. So let's yes. talk about the doggone books. All right. So All right. guys, he has two books. He's got the blocks come out at night and the blocks get lost in India. Is that right? Yes. That is correct. The blocks are hilarious. And when we talk about blocks, I mean you're thinking of like your average like Lego block building block. And they are so funny. They have a lot of character built into them. They have a name. But tell us where you've got the idea for the blocks to be yeah. your character. I,
1: I, I would love to. So this is this actually came about as uh, when we lived in Norway um All three kids slept in the same room. My wife traveled a little bit, so I uh, I would usually find myself putting the kids to bed uh, at night sometimes. And I, just like any caregiver, parent, grandparent, um, I would tell them bedtime stories. But the favorite thing of my children was when I used to make up stories. So I would just (laughs) make they. They, they would tell me to make up a story. So I would do it on the spot. But the one that kept sticking was the story about these these blocks, building blocks that would come to life at night and do these crazy things and have these crazy adventures and come back and, and tell the kids all about it in the morning. And uh, the kids always wanted to hear what what was the next adventure that the blocks went on. Um, so I, I kept making these things up. And when I was trying to figure out what to do, um, my, my oldest son, uh, like I said, seven at the time, said, hey, dad, when, you know, I think maybe you could write some books and I think the the story about the blocks is a really cool book. I, I go to school and I tell my friends about what the blocks did and they're all really interested. Um, so maybe you can maybe you can write a story about about that. So that's that was actually the genesis for for the idea it was a bedtime story that I used to make up for the kids that my that my kids asked me or begged me to turn into a real book. And when we moved back to the U.S. and, and got settled I said, all right, uh, I'm going to do it. I sat down. I started writing, had no idea what I was doing. I, I, I didn't go to school for writing. My, my degree is in economics and my MBA is in entrepreneurship. But I, I decided that I was going to do this because I promised my kids and I did it. Uh, I showed it to the kids. And you would have thought that, they, uh, that somebody had forgotten their birthday when, when you saw the reaction on their face. Because I was like, what, what's wrong? You wanted me to write the book. But uh, no, what I did was show them the Word document that I wrote on my computer. And they said, no, we want a book that we can hold and we can tell our friends to buy and we can go to the store and see it and see it on Amazon and go to Barnes and Noble. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? And they were like, well, you promised. And I said, all right. So I went through the whole process of learning how to, how to write and publish a book. I went through the process of finding editors, finding an illustrator, finding a, a printing partner. And I actually went uh, through the steps of setting up my own small independent publishing company to, to, to publish these books with the goal of once I, once I kind of get my feet under me and, and kind of learn how this whole industry works, Hopefully, help other people be able to, to do the same. So it's, it's been a it's been a, a really really fun journey. Uh, about two years into it, uh, in 2019, I published the blocks come out at night. In 2020, the blocks get lost in India. Uh, this summer, we I should be done with the third book, uh, the blocks save New York City. And uh, oh, if you're if I know if you're sensing a trend, the, the goal in addition to to steam and and, okay. and stamp, there's a cultural component to each book. So yes. There are going to be there are going to be seven total in the series, and the blocks are going to travel to all seven continents. So they've done Europe, they've done Asia, they'll do North America, and then we'll we'll finish up with uh, with the other four continents. Because I, I really do believe that through, with the power of books, um, you know, kids and their imagination, you can take them anywhere. And I've been very fortunate in 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 my adult life, and my kids have been very lucky that we've been able to travel. When we lived in Norway, we were there for two years, and, and we took the kids to to twenty two different countries. And, And we we got to see a lot of the world. Um, And that's one thing that I wanted to bring to kids as well uh, through my books is, is showing them a little bit of the world and what's out there. The, the back of the book, uh, Lloyd, who is the the lead block, Lloyd, the block keeps a travel log, um, kind of like a journal uh, about his trip. And he teaches the kids about things that he ate, foods from those countries, things that he saw, fun facts about some of the monuments that uh, that the blocks come back and build for, for the children uh, who own them. So it's it's been it's been awesome. I love it. I really do.
0: And let me tell you, that is one of my favorite pages, and I will tell you why. When I am writing a blog post or doing um, some instruction, one of my courses for my teachers, and a key element to any STEM or STEAM classroom, any classroom that does it, is to have a STEAM or STEM journal. And teachers... Sort of okay. Oh, you got a journal. We've got to put vocabulary words in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you to copy this sentence in there. I need you to do exactly what I say, and that is not what it should be. It should. come They need complete ownership of that one thing, and it right. needs to be what their thoughts are, what they saw in their own words. And I've always told teachers, I know I, I get it. You're I, you want it to look a certain way, but if they can open up that page and explain every thought on that page to you, they've got more understanding there than if they copied something that you put on the board. And exactly. that's a little hard to let go for teachers because that's how they've done it for so long. Teachers have been trained in this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever explored this, but our educational system was mm-hmm. yep. built to was built to support the industrial revolution and create factory workers that can do one task and follow directions and be right. segregated within their task and that was the whole point of why we separated our subjects within our high schools and everything for so long and doing and it's just can you do it can you follow instructions but that we're changing we're getting away from that and it's hard for teachers to like I'm 40, I'll be honest. Hello. And <laughs> you know, we still I still have teachers that are teaching that are older than me and this is what we grew up knowing to do. And to change someone's mindset and tell them that no actually that's not what we should be doing is so difficult. So I love that page. I love that it's got like the stains on the little um, notebook paper and, <laughs> it does. It's his, and writing. He was a scribble out and it's his true thought. And that's just one, the biggest thing I, I, I there is a place for vocabulary hundred uh, yep. percent.
1: Yeah, Lloyd, 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 Lloyd keeps a good, he keeps, he keeps a good travel log. He's not the neatest guy in the world, but, uh, but he, he, he gets everything it's down totally and he hard. comes back. He comes back and tells the kids all about it.
0: And then that's the way it should be. So I think not only are you providing a wonderful multidisciplinary book here, but you're also providing really good examples for for teachers and students that might want to uh, start letting their students do the same. And I do that and I train teachers to do that in kindergarten and they go, what? Um, That's (laughs) going to be a hot mess, but they can do it. I promise you they can do it promise a promise a promise so oh, I i'm super you. excited about these books and i'm so happy i think that i'm literally i cannot wait to order stacks of these for school Whoa, next well, year you know what
1: hold up um before you 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 mentioned something earlier that that uh, i made a mental note to come back to um is sure. your school title? is your school a title one school we are okay so after we, get off, uh, after we get off this this call, um, I will send you a message because when I launched my books, I launched them on Kickstarter just to see what demand was out there, to share it with people. And when people pledged um, to purchase copies of the book as part of the campaign, I gave them an option to purchase extra copies of the books to be donated to Title I schools. Uh, Long story story short, uh, a little over a year ago, my basement got flooded. I had hundreds and hundreds of books down there uh, that got ruined. Um, But uh, those books, uh, a good number of them were earmarked for Title I schools that uh, people already bought for me to donate. And I have not finished doing that. I still have about 50 books to be donated. So some of those I would like to send to you. Uh, in order in order to in order to do that um and, and distribute them to, to the school. So we'll talk offline, but don't let oh, me forget yes. that.
0: Perfect. I won't let you forget. Don't worry. I'm all, all, right. all about all that kind right. of thing. I will <laughs> not let you forget. All right. So let's see, where are we at here? Um so what you've actually told us what your next big project is already. You're going to finish your series, but aside from your books, what what's the most thing you're excited. What are you most excited about, just right now, in general, with your kids, with life, with your business? What What's something you're super excited about?
1: You know what? I honestly, I think, uh, I think I'm. Um, I speak probably speak for everybody else. I, I'm excited to kind of the world to go back to normal a little bit. Um, yes, it's been it, it has been a very trying year, um, and I, I think. Other than healthcare workers, um, you know, frontline workers, uh, I think teachers. Uh, have probably taken the brunt of of a lot of what's been going on, and have done at least in, in our school district have done a, a splendid job of navigating th- these unprecedented times. So, w- what I'm most excited about is my kids being able to to go to to go to summer camp to to see their friends. Um, you know, you know, sports here are are back to normal. Be able to you know to play basketball, to play football, soccer. Um, that's that's what I think. Me and probably most of the country is is most excited about.
0: And I totally agree. I totally agree. And I do have to put a plug in here. Um, I'm, I was about to ask you know like where are all the places we can find your books, but before you tell us that, this guy I found him on TikTok. Tell us about your love relationship with TikTok and tell us how that all got started and <laughs> you said you have a weekly live so we would love to know what time of day that weekly live is I'm a TikToker and I do my best to put out regular content you know and it's it's always hard but tell us what your angle is there
1: yeah, uh, I would love to. So uh, I'm like yourself. I am I am uh, probably a little little too old to be on TikTok. So I'm 43. No. I'm yes. 43. And TikTok in my house started as a private account that I just did for myself and my kids when the pandemic started. Uh, like a lot of people downloaded it, had no idea what it was, but we had so much fun making videos. And I only shared them with with friends. And, and you haven't even seen most of these, but it. it I, I saw it as a really powerful tool to, to engage w- with people. And as I was trying to figure out how I was going to promote and, and market my books, I said, you know what? I think I think I can do it on this platform. And so I started uh, an account for, for myself as an author. Javier, the author is, is the username. And the angle there is I want to try to help people, uh, a few different types of people. One is people who are aspiring authors who are looking to write a book or, or get started publishing their first book. I put out a lot of content, uh, you know, to, uh, give people to share my experience with people. Um, Again, as you know, I'm a big proponent of early STEM education. So uh, I think my my content also some of it is is there for parents who are looking for ways to engage their kids with STEM, whether it be through uh, toys or books. I do a, a bunch of book reviews. I think I have uh, it, it's sort of an ongoing thing that I've that I've kind of gotten away from. But I just went to the library and checked out about uh, 15 books that I'm going to go through and see which ones I think are worth recommending. Um, and then there's just some parenting content that I think is relatable to, to everyone as, as you know, as a 43 year old, uh, you know, married with with three kids, uh, all still in elementary school. There are lots of uh, trials and tribulations that uh, that go along with that. So those are sort of the, the three angles that I think people have, uh, are able to relate to me. And and uh, as you mentioned, uh, I do try to go live. Uh, I started about three weeks ago every Wednesday at 1130 a.m. I'll sit somewhere in my house or out by the pool with my computer and try to do a little bit of work and answer whatever questions people have about the writing process or, or uh, you know, my journey or early STEM education. So it's been fun. I love it. Half of it is more just to entertain me or uh, myself rather. And uh, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job of that. And if other people find something uh, that they can take away from it, then then even better. So that's uh, that's about it in a nutshell.
0: That's awesome. I'm encouraging lots of teachers. But I know there's, Always been this kind of like, um, I don't know, like TikTok voodoo, like, oh, I don't know if I should do that um, because, you know, it had so much backlash in the media for so right. long. But yep. it's turned into a really niche down place for any professional to get information out there that they didn't have the opportunity to get the information out there before. So it's a really great place for any professional or any teacher or any author looking to find ideas and support and how to use in their area. They just have to find those people yep. and follow and them so that their page turns out the right way. Yeah, Otherwise, no, I, agree.
1: I agree. And I think and the, 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 <laughs> the teacher community is another one that I, that I try to engage with pretty actively just to, for my own educational purposes. And hopefully they, they get to, they get to take away something from it. Um, one thing that I would like to do, uh, for your listeners, that came about um, as uh, from TikTok as well, is if, if anybody who's listening to this would like to uh, get an electronic copy of the book, um, they can reach out to you or they can reach out to me at JavierTheAuthor at gmail And once uh, once the school year starts again, uh, I I've done you know many dozens uh, of virtual author readings or visits. And if anybody would like uh, for me to do a a virtual author visit, either read the book or or talk about the writing process to any of your listeners, if they email me and tell me that they heard me on, uh, on your podcast, uh, I would love to, uh, to do that for them.
0: That's perfect. Um, I'm excited that you offered that up and I I will probably be asking you to come and visit with us. Um, I don't know if you, listen very much to the intro but we are working on steam certification where i work It is a long drawn out process and i would say that the area that lacks the most and it it, it just needs to be made easy for our teachers they do need community partners and the partners to you know share information but more importantly we need people who are willing to like Drop in for 10 or 15 minutes and let our students share what they've been doing. Right. So, And, that, and that's even better. You would be a great person to give them some feedback. So I'm going to keep you on the list next year yeah, because um, I'm sort of in charge of that. And they're always like, what can I do? What can I do? I was like, okay, I've got this one. Here, take it, take it, take it. So <laughs> sometimes I, I actually have to go in there and like force make it happen, but it happens and then they love it. So teachers are timid sometimes about starting something new. And that is what has is what we've been doing. Everything we've been doing is something new all the time. and so I' just I'm constantly keeping them in like a pepper shaker mode, so I need <laughs> I, I'm ready for them to finally just get their niche down and be excited about what they're doing. But our kids are amazing. and you know what? I'm gonna take this moment. Tell me one more time where you can we can find your books and then we're gonna play a little game. I think you're gonna enjoy it. All right.
1: Sounds good. Uh, the books are available anywhere where you get your books uh, online. Some independent uh, and local bookstores in my area have them, but Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, just pretty much anywhere anywhere online. Um, uh, go look for the, the Blocks Come Out at Night, The Blocks Get Lost in India, or The Blocks Books, and you should find them. And if you can't, you can send me a message and I will make sure that we get it to you.
0: I'll put everything in the episode notes. Perfect. And I think you're going to be a champ. I hope you're going to be a champ at my game for you today. I, I I think I mentioned I make a personalized game for every guest on the show. All right. And I started reading into your backstory and your media um, content. And I was like, hmm, I think this will be a perfect game for Javier. We are going to play What the Situation. All so right. I'm going to put you into real situations that legitimately real happened, really happened in a school setting. And okay. you might be the teacher, you might be a principal and we are going to, you're going to tell us what you would have done.
1: All are you right. ready for this? Oh, no, oh my
0: you're going to chuckle. Yeah. at yeah. right. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm in, I'm game. Let's do, it. Okay. Let's
0: do it. All right. So the first situation you are going to be teaching kindergarten students And you're going to be taking them on a virtual field trip to the Natural History Museum. And what do kindergartners love? They love dinosaurs. So you're visiting the dinosaur section, and you see a not-so-stereotypical version of a T-Rex fossil. When one student who is super passionate about dinosaurs interrupts you feverishly and says... Um, I, I don't think that that's a T-Rex. I mean, it may be a type of a T-Rex, but, um, I'm not really sure. And so you say, this is the Smithsonian. These scientists know what they're talking about. I promise you this is a T-Rex and it just goes on and on. And he finally says, I believe that the scientists, um, are wrong. What's your next comment?
1: (laughs) what's my next comment? All right. Perfect. How do you, how do you get him
0: off of that?
1: All right. I would say, Hey, Johnny, so I love the fact that you love dinosaurs so much that you have learned probably more than I will ever know about dinosaurs, but you know who actually loves them probably even more than you, the people who work here. So why don't we, if we can, Continue the tour, the virtual tour, and I will help you send an email to the people who work at the Smithsonian asking them all or pointing out all the reasons why you think this may not be a T-Rex. And let's see what they come back with, because we may learn that not all T-Rex remains look the same and there might be something else that we can learn from them. So how about that?
0: Great one. I was right. This was this was a me situation. And I was right with you up until the email. And I did not think about emailing the scientist at the Smithsonian. Because you have to remember, you've got 22 other kindergartners oh, yeah. in here at the same
1: time. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm with you. And they're kindergartners. And we're, we're not sending the email right now. But hopefully, my, my thought is hopefully that will, that will appease Johnny enough for him to, to now be focused on, ooh, What am I going to write in that email to him? And hopefully he leaves you the heck alone for the rest of the virtual tour.
0: Perfect. No, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So next, you're a fifth grade teacher. All right. And in your fifth grade classroom, there has been a little mouse that has been popping in and out, leaving your room, going to the room across the hall. And y'all have seen remnants of him here and there, maybe a Mm -hmm. dash or two. And so you ask the janitor to come and help with the rat situation and he put out the cause we have to use sticky traps.
1: Yep. yep so yep.
0: one day the rat comes out and you're in the middle of a lesson and one of your most crazy up and down students hollers, there he is, there he is. And he starts chasing them around the vicinity of the room Until finally, the rat makes it to the sticky trap. It gets stuck Mm -hmm. on the sticky trap. And that student picks the sticky trap up like a lasso and starts hollering, we caught him, we caught him, we caught him. And then five girls all begin crying because they know the outcome of the rat. What do you do next? Uh, It feels squeaking and squealing, by the way
1: yeah nope i'm I'm with you uh I am going to have to probably use uh my biggest outdoor voice, and I ask anybody who knows me i I can project and I am probably the loudest individual you will ever meet and the whole school will hear me telling everybody to calm down, especially the kid <laughs> running around to sit down, stop waving so stop stop waving the mouse around and to please bring it to me uh i would uh i would then probably call the 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 uh the janitor or the custodial staff uh let them know that we've got the mouse and if there's any way they could come pick it up and maybe bring it out into the field and let it go in the hopes of maybe planting a seed for the students who are concerned about the uh the mouse's well-being even though we all probably know his fate, but at least it gives them a glimmer of hope. Um, yes. But that that's probably what I would do if, and uh, they're fifth graders. So if, if somebody wasn't available to, to come, uh, I would probably take it outside myself. Uh, my oldest is in fifth grade. So I'm trying to think if, uh, if fifth graders uh, can be, uh, can be probably not left unattended, but maybe, maybe, maybe can. they, can, they can. can. All right, then. Yeah. So if, so if, if somebody can't come, and I would be taking that mouse and uh, and telling the students that I would manage to set it free. Whether or not I was able to do it, that's a different story, but that's what I would try to yes.
0: do. We also called in the guidance counselor to take okay. care of the <laughs> I right, would do that. All right. So you are walking into a classroom where you've just picked up a group of, I think there were fourth graders and okay. you're going, do a lesson with them and in your classroom because i'm a stem stem and gifted teacher there are tons of things and one of their favorite things to play with is my body model and my body model is very school appropriate but you know it's mostly for the organs on the inside and they love taking them out and putting them back together but the body model at the back end sort Mm -hmm. of had a So I could not put shorts on the body model because there was no way to get two legs. So I just put a skirt on it just to keep that from ever being a problem. So you walk in and one of the boys has the skirt lifted up and you ask him, hey, what are you doing? And he says, I'm just trying to see if there's a hole. What do you do next? <laughs> At the bottom, like under the skirt, he's trying to see if there's a hole.
1: Hey, did Bonnie, you? can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Not uh, hearing you 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 now. Me. Can you hear me?
1: Yep, I can hear you. Sorry about that.
0: How much of that did you get?
1: So I got the. So the, the problem is that my headphones died. So I just can. I just. Nope. No worries. Uh, but I got to the boy, uh, in the room with the skirt lifted up.
0: Okay. And then you ask him what he's doing. And he says, I'm just trying to see if there's a hole under there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, what do
0: you say?
1: Um, oh, that's- there's
0: not, there's not one. It's, it's a, it's like a, it's an elementary appropriate body. <laughs> bottle.
1: Not, appropriate. All right. Um, uh that's a good one. So my my so my oldest is in 5th grade and my middle my but daughter is, my, my daughter is in 4th grade. So I I have those I have those age kids. Um I would first of all I would say, "Hey, the 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 whole lifting of the skirt, that's not something we do. Uh right. it's there, it, it's it's there for a reason and I understand that it's it's just a model, but uh doing it to the model uh is is not appropriate." And I, and then I then I would I would probably what I would have done is taken the skirt off myself and said, "Hey, <laughs> here." And, and say, here, here's what it looks like. It is, it is a school appropriate model. We all know, we all know the, the body parts. We all know, uh, we all know sort of where things uh, come out of when you go to the bathroom." And and no, the 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 model does not have those. If that's what you were looking for. So if you have any other questions, let me know. Otherwise, let's move on.
0: Yes. And he was so, he was not um, upset at all that I asked him what he was doing. He was totally, I'm just trying to see if there's a hole there.
1: Yeah. I (laughs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shame him. I would, I would let him know that that you put the skirt there for a reason and and that was inappropriate. But since, since he did it, let's, let's talk about it for a minute and then move on to what we're actually supposed to be doing.
0: Okay. I've got about two or three more for you. I actually have a lot, but I'm going to pick and choose from my last two or three. So you created in a fourth grade classroom, microcosms, miniature ecosystems that have frogs and snails and live plants. And even those little, I think they call them um, pond worms or something like that. And that's what the frogs eat. Okay. One year, the frogs that come in are constantly mating, What do you tell the kids they're doing?
1: Uh, I'd say they're making more frogs. That's uh, How how old are the kids? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. All right. So fourth grade, I would say, yeah, Uh, just like... Uh, just like birds, uh, lay eggs. Um, uh, the animals, the animals mate, and that's how they make, and that's how they make new ones. Um, it uh, it is something that happens in nature all the time, and we are lucky enough to be able to see it firsthand. It uh, it doesn't, you know, didn't really look like much. Maybe they make some noises, but uh, hopefully, in in a few in a few weeks or a few months, we'll we'll have other frogs and we'll be able to study them and uh our microcosms are going to be even better for it
0: all right here's the last one and this constantly happens all the time no matter what you say they never get it right they never get the get it but you're the, the one of the principals at the school and the other principal at the school is a woman and every time the kids see you they ask you where your wife is and they are not talking about your wife. They're talking about your principal, your other principal. How do you explain that, or what do you just roll with it and say she's in her office working?
1: Uh, what do you do? No, I would. I would keep reminding them. I would. I would say, hey, uh, wait. First of all, I would ask them. I was like, wait, are you joking or are you serious? Because <laughs> you they're scared? married. Because surely you know that I don't go to work with my wife and she doesn't work here. But you know what? It's funny because a lot of times the other principal and I work so much together that my own wife calls her my work wife or or I'm her work husband because we're always together. So I understand why you would think that. But nope, she's a principal. I'm a principal. We work together just like your parents work together with other men and women. And if they work with uh, with other people, they're just their co-workers. And but I understand what the confusion is, but we're going to try to clear that up.
0: <laughs> it just happens all the time. Look, yeah. I have yeah. one more quick one. These are so fun to me. This one's super quick. Yeah. We were studying um, our county and doing a county research project, which was one of my most favorite things I've ever done. And where I live, poultry actually happened to be, uh, is our greatest commodity, agricultural commodity here. And at one time, we were number one in the nation. My students did not know what poultry was. And so I did not tell them. I told them that I gave them a little contest, first one to bring it back to me and find out what poultry was. Would get a prize. And this one kid walks up to me and he whispers and he goes, Hey, Miss Kirkley, I mm. think I know what poultry is. And I said, What's that? He said, It's trees that grow on poles.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I said, So this is what I said. I said, Have you seen a whole lot of poultry fields around here? <laughs> he said, uh-huh oh <laughs> what would you do
1: that's amazing um i <laughs> uh aside from probably laughing in his face um or maybe not not in his face but inside uh i think i would say i think well how old are these kids hold up
0: these were second graders
1: oh all right all right so no i would not laugh in a second grader i so, actually know my my youngest is in second grade and he's eight so i probably would laugh at him um but not other people's kids uh so I, I I think I would say, hey, why don't we so that's 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 an educated guess based on the way that the, the word sounds. But sometimes things aren't always what they sound like. So how do you think you spell poultry? And then how do you think you spell what you thought you heard? Pole. <laughs> <laughs> so let's compare those two and see that they're not the same. So now let's try again. Maybe ask your parents, uh, maybe use your iPad or your Chromebook to to look up the correct spelling of poultry and come back to me. That's what I would do.
0: That was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, I love it. I I picked that because I specifically saw that you like to get in the kitchen and you like to explore with your kids and you're with your kids all the time. And I said, okay, we're going to put this guy in a school setting for a (laughs) second or two. But you handle it like a pro- I'm so thankful for you to come on the show today. If you want to find Javier and his wonderful books, you can look at theblocksbooks.com, Javier the author on TikTok. I'll put everything else in the show notes. Um, I'm going to let you tell the listeners one last goodbye, and then I'll say my spiel and we are done. You there?
1: Uh, yeah, Bonnie, you're going to let me tell tell the listeners what you went silent for a second.
0: Tell them, tell them uh, goodbye and, you know, let them know how you're feeling right now.
1: No, oh, uh, you know what? I thank you very much, guys. Thank you for listening. I love the work that, that Bonnie is doing. So check out all her past episodes. Um, thank you for letting me hang out with you for a while. And if you have any questions, like Bonnie said, look at the show notes, Javier, the author at gmail.com. And uh, I look forward to uh, writing more books and getting them in the hands of, uh, of the kids that want and need them.
0: Perfect. And listeners, if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and give us a review. Make sure you visit iHeartSteam.com to get on the email list because big things are coming this month and it's that time of the show where I have one question for you. Do you iHeartSteam too? And we're out.